Hi, and welcome to Check One Two, where we talk to survivors of testicular cancer, advocates, and supporters of testicular cancer awareness. This week's guest is Ian Bertinussen, who is the head coach of Edinburgh Ackies and is the lead community officer for uh, Bats Rugby. He's also a testicular cancer survivor himself and an avid Kohona supporter. <laughs> Because I think the only school that I've done in Edinburgh was Broughton. Broughton yeah, High yeah. School, well, yeah. Broughton's one of ours. Yeah, so, aye, they're, so great. they're, they're great. really proactive. Yeah, they on were, anything and everything. They were amazing. Um, it was a shame though, because they're like with high schools, you find that a lot of kids um, faint in these things, yeah, right? Yeah. And I don't see anything graphic at no. all. Um, but you found over the course that you know they, they have that uh-huh. kind of hope, uh, and I said that to the teacher, and I went, no, no, I've made sure. Yeah, nobody's a faint, or nobody's fainted before. Uh-huh. Too. Too fainted. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I really wasn't saying anything other than, hi, I'm Paul McCaffrey. You know? oh, so, you've got that effect on people. Exactly. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just people waning at my feet. <laughs> but, but I think that's the big thing for us is if we can get into the schools, get that education uh-huh. pushed as early as we can, oh, like, it, it really kind of works. But yeah. Um, so this is us. Uh-huh. Uh, so thanks very much for coming on Check One Two. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's just um, if we can just start with just like give you a kind of like your your story, who you are, what you do, that'd be great. Yeah, um, so um, Ian Bertinison, uh, most people call me Bertie for obvious reasons, um, so so please do. Um, East Lothian, living East Lothian, work in Edinburgh. Um, backstory of me, avid rugby supporter, fan, uh, involved in rugby you know, all the time, really, to be honest. Coach uh, through my job, um, coach a senior side in, in Edinburgh as well. Uh, and just, a, a, you know, generally sport lover. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, got diagnosed with testicular cancer in August 2021. Uh, yeah, trying to remember the dates now. Can be Time has flown by since then, to be honest. So, yeah, that's kind of the clucks of, of, of me. Yeah. So kind of going back to that, yeah, that kind of August 2021, you know, h- how did you come across the fact that you had testicular cancer? Was it something that you um, had checked for previously or or what? what I'll look you? at it, yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, it, it's it's not something that I'd, I'd been massively aware of. Um, I think the sort of... Four, five, six months leading up to that August twenty-one, I'd, I'd noticed a, a bit of a hardness, a firmness, um, in, in one of my testicles. Um, was unsure if there was a lump there or not. If I'm honest, um, just I was just a bit wary that it felt a bit different. Um, probably more so the firmness than than, than anything else. Um, and actually, I, I got a I got a bit of a clip uh, from my son, a cheeky clip. Uh, in, in areas that you don't want to get a clip, um, and and just had a bit of pain that that would normally go quite quickly that 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 didn't, right. and it stayed, um, and that just was probably the catalyst for me thinking, mm, I I should I should probably get this checked out for sure. So it's funny because that's I talk about that in uh, my, like my talks uh-huh. uh, about like. I think there's this myth surrounding testicular cancer that like taking a clip in the, uh-huh. the balls is going to cause it. But I always say that the, the likelihood is it's going to direct you to the fact that there is yeah, a problem. And, yeah, totally. and that was that was certainly something for you. So when you kind of 
Yeah, you you found that you found that pain didn't go away. Did you did you phone the doctors right away, or or were you kind of hesitant? Yeah, look, I, because I was aware. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say I phoned right away, um, as you do as a man. Sometimes you're a bit um, nervous about these things, um, but I phoned pretty quickly. I was pretty keen to get it checked out, um, one way or the other, um, and and I got seen pretty quickly by the, the doctor's surgery, um, um, back home and. You know, and to be fair, that process from there on was was pretty quick. Um, I think within four or five days, I was in to get an ultrasound at, at the local community hospital, um, and and that was probably the the time that you, you kind of think when I was leaving after the ultrasound, um, the the lovely nurse who was the, the assistant there sort of reiterated the point of make sure you follow up on this. Um, and, and made a real point to 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 reiterate that two or three times, and that that was kind of the maybe the the one where I thought, yeah, I, th- I think there's maybe something wrong here. Um, and then I, that afternoon, uh, I'd ultrasound that morning. That afternoon, I'd, I'd I'd a phone call from the doctor's surgery to to go in and 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 speak to the doctor, which I was pretty again, I was I was pretty relaxed about. Um, I had. Uh, I just needed to organise, you know, make sure my wife was home so I could go in to look after the kids, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think they phoned back to say, oh, could you bring your wife with you? And you're like, right, OK, here we go. Yeah. There's definitely something there. And that was probably it. And I was quite relaxed about it. Like I say, I said, well, it'd be easier if she maybe just, you know, stayed here. And looked. No, they were like, no, make sure your wife comes with you. And so luckily, you know, we, we got the kids in to stay with a friend and and headed along and, and that was kind of the start of 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 it all officially knowing that you know yeah I, I there was something wrong there um it looked like it was tes- testicular cancer and and we're going to refer you on to to to, to the specialist and, and get it looked up from there so it's um it's funny that you had that thought kind of right away you know when like the ultrasound the nurses like yeah. said no can I call back um, calling back to my experience, I had a. You, you'll know yourself. You know you've you've dropped your trousers for the doctor. Yeah. You don't think, oh, I'll just totally. do this. <laughs> so when I went in the ultrasound, I just dropped my trousers uh-huh. and uh, had this wild experience of um, the woman shouting for it, saying, oh, "I need a chaperone," <laughs> you know. And I was like, "Oh, oops!" And as I, as I went to pull up my trousers, uh, the chaperone came in, oh, yeah. and it was just a get on the bed. <laughs> so, but because of all that, when she said to me, like, "Listen." Um, you're going to go back um, along and speak to the consultant. Uh, I didn't, I didn't click. Yeah, uh-huh. I was just so caught up in my head of the fact that I've just stripped off and I shouldn't have, and yeah, somebody's yeah, seen my butt, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, totally. Went back around and me and my wife were just laughing about it, and then because she came to my appointment, uh-huh. and then it was like, oh, okay, I've got to stick the cancer. Uh-huh, right, uh-huh. I, I missed that this was the reason why uh-huh, I was yeah. here. So the fact that you 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 had the the wherewithal to click. No, there was yeah, something. no. Look, there, there was definitely, and I, look, I would say there's a period, um, probably from leaving the doctor's surgery to, I think, uh, I mean, I, I can't remember the timeline exactly, but you know, again, it was very quick, um, to see the specialist. Where I was kind of left with that pang of, um, we'll make an appointment for you with a specialist, and we'll need to do some scans to see if they're spread, and that was probably the thing that just was like, oh. Right. Okay. There, there may be more than just, you know, my testicle. Right. Okay. Um, and that was probably the, 
I had to process that part a little bit. Um, I spent a couple hours walking along the beach. We live close to the beach, just myself that evening, just to to process. And I think that that part, uh, you know, I'll be honest, it probably hit me pretty hard. Right. Um, and I was left in a period of time of like three, four days before going in to see specialists where you were unsure about what was going. But then as soon as, you know, I entered that environment and, um, you know, met up with the the... the the specialist who's a female again, um, you know, it was very matter of fact, uh, really factual about, you know, chances, um, you know, of, of it all being okay and everything. And, and it was really reassuring, really, really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was even before we'd been for for scans and more, sc- you know, tests and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. So what age were you when you were diagnosed then? Oh, right. So that would be 38. Right. Yeah, I'm 40 now, so yeah, 38, yeah. So you're 38. Yeah, and roughly then, 37, 38, yeah. You know, clearly, you know, like, you've been really fit, you know, yeah. like, throughout your kind of, you know, your young life and adult life. How did how did that affect you? You know, you're saying that, you know, when you're, you're walking along the beach and you're thinking, right, I've got to go through this, you've had this lifetime of playing sports, uh-huh. avid sport fan, playing rugby, um, cycling as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, how did how did you reconcile the, you know what was going to happen to you with your your kind of fitness um, maybe being at jeopardy there? Yeah, look, I think like I probably needed that period of time just on my own to to process it. But as soon as I'd kind of I suppose processed that in my head that look, you know, I need to now wait until I've seen a specialist, and there's no point in jumping ahead into something we don't know anything about yet. And and that's probably the mindset I had all the way through it. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be matter of fact, really positive. I did not Google. Um, I just stayed away from all of that. Um, <clears throat> and I think that was really important as well. I was just really, you know, took on board what the, the professionals in those fields were telling me. Um, and I just wanted to stay really, really positive um, in and around it um, as much as I possibly could. Try and just live as normally as I, as I possibly could um, as that process ramped up really quickly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, um, just what you saying about Googling, I made the mistake oh, yeah, right. of the night before. I, I was going to do the same. Uh-huh. Stayed away from Googling and I Googled what an orchidectomy like uh-huh. and, and what they'd done. Yeah. And uh, I remember uh, like this was the night before my surgery uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I sat on the bed and I just curled into a fetal position. I was like, why? Why did I look this up? <laughs> and I just so, full blown panic. Yeah, I've got an interesting one in that as well. Yeah. Um, so my wife was with me at the time and uh, the specialist, oh, geez, I wish I could. She, she was great. She was phenomenal. Um, but there was one motion she made when she explained the process that we're going to go through. And, and she was saying, we'll make an incision here and we'll just pull. And I was like, <laughs> and I had that, that you know, you're like, mm, yeah, I'll just pull. Okay, I'll, I'm going to try and ignore that image now. But yeah, that, that image certainly still, uh, it's still their life for well, sure. It's haunting because like, you know, when you realise what they're actually doing. Uh-huh. And then I think, yeah, uh, that, that's, that was the thing that killed me was, Oh, this is how this gets taken uh-huh. out. Uh-huh. I naively thought, you know, you know, to stick the cancer, it'd be through the, the yeah. scrotum. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. thought, oh, they just go and cut it yeah, and cut yeah. it out. No. I didn't realise it was all the tubing came <laughs> with it, and I was, I was just lying in bed going, why, oh, why did I make a mistake? <laughs> yeah, well, I feel for you. We're doing that for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was wild. <laughs> Honest to God, but um, so you've you've had your surgery, um, and 
you did you where did you go for your treatment? So um, I went to Livingston to St John's. Uh, basically, I, I, I was I, I said I'd go anywhere. I could be mobile as quickly as possible. I think they wanted to to have it removed within three weeks. Um, so I think it was you know just 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 under that. Um, so I went through to St John's and Livingston there. Um, probably the abiding memory is waking up, um, and uh, well, being in the ward before it and having three other individuals in there with you, four of us in total, all there for the same thing, right? Okay. Which makes you then realise, or a similar, mm-hmm. um, that it's a lot more common than 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 what you think. Um, having conversations with some of those guys. Um, as you're waiting to try and you know relax yourself and get going, finding out that some of them have sat on stuff for years. Oh, really? Yeah, years, and right. and and it turns out you know it's maybe not cancer or maybe that, but there's still that process is still happening. But they still sat on something. So really pleased that number one, I've acted on it, um, and 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 found it from what we found out really early, um. But just, yeah, just really wanting to, to get in there, but inevitably being four off four instead of one off four. So the last in the day and thinking, oh, well, well great, I'll get home. And then, and then waking up and I've had a few operations in my time, but that was probably, and I don't know, I don't know what you were like, but I don't know whether it was like, I don't know, like, like nerval or something telepathic or whatever in the knowledge that you've lost a part of your body. But for about two or three hours after it, after the operation, I was just really, yeah, it was a weird sensation running through my body of like, there should still be something there and there's now a pain where that should have been. And it was fairly, yeah, it was quite excruciating. But then you speak to other guys and they walked out and gone. So obviously everybody's fairly different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was quite an interesting period, not knowing really, am I going to go home that evening? Am I not? I was really keen to get home. I think my wife ended up picking me up at about 11, 8, 11 p.m. Right. Um, and, and, and we got home, which which was great. Because um, again, it was during COVID time, so she couldn't stay. So she had to go home and then come back. So, you know, there's all that sort of, sort of factor around it as well. So. Yeah. I, th- I think that I, w- I was the same when I woke up. You did have this sense yeah. of something's not right. And I always tell people, you know, it's uh, it's a few times where I can say, you know, I was on a diet and lost a stone in a yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I totally, yeah, for sure. But, and then it was, you know, th- I think like two or three hours later, bang. Yeah. Just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really, really weird, yeah. weird, weird feeling, sensation. Not sure what it was, if I'm honest. Oh, but I don't, honestly, I, I totally understand and get it. I was, I was... Unfortunately, I had to stay in um, right. overnight. Um, that was a wild ride, obviously, because uh-huh. they're pumping you full of full of drugs as well. Uh-huh. Like, to uh-huh. kind of stop that pain. Um, but my um, surgeon, so I went in for my surgery, uh-huh. and uh, we're sitting, we're waiting for ages. And again, same situation. The three or four other guys were all waiting around, and uh, there seems to be this panic. Uh-huh. And you can because I worked for the NHS at that point. Yeah, the, you, got, yeah. You felt this. You know, there's something going on because uh-huh. um, you just hear the hushed tones and see when nurses talk in a whisper, something's uh-huh. happening. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it turned out the surgeon who was going to be performing some of the surgeries uh-huh. and mine uh-huh. was hit by a bus. Oh, 
<laughs> on the day that I was getting my surgery. Oh, no. um, is he okay? Uh, and he's okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, and, he, and he's back performing surgery. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, he was he was on his bike and uh, he got basically clipped um, by a bus. Just the, the driver not uh -huh. um, paying attention to where he was apparently. Um, so you can imagine that yeah. day, but thankfully. Because of what my surgery was for, they were like, "No, no, like you're good. You're still going to get." Yeah. And the guy who performed my surgery was um, the surgeon uh, was a lovely, lovely guy. Uh -huh. So, uh, but it's just funny, like you know, you have all these weird wee instances, like yeah. when you're going through something quite major, and there's still these weird happenings uh, within that. So yeah, it's it's a bizarre experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, no, definitely for sure. So having like, uh, so you had the two kids at the time, yeah? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, uh, Archie, Archie, who will be eight in a, yeah, couple of months, well, start of December, and Rosie will be three at the end of November now. So right. yeah, I had both Archie and Rosie at, at that time. So, you know, yeah, like for me, um, the decisions you make, you know, do you, you know, do you get a prosthetic in? Um, no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I just, I didn't want to, um, uh, you know, in case, you know, I, I had to have chemo and stuff, just the rationale behind it, you know, it's like, well, you know, if it's for aesthetics, then who's going to be looking at it, really, you yeah. know? <laughs> so um, I, I was okay with that, um, those sort of things along there, you know, luckily, um, you know, we, we we had already had Archie and Rosie and, and uh, with our family, so, you know, it was really simple decisions for, for, for me sort of after that, really. Um, it hadn't spread to, to anywhere else before the surgery, so so they were they were pretty happy um, just with that removal, and then see where they go from there. Mm. So going through that though with two kids, mm -hmm. COVID, then going through quite an invasive uh -huh. surgery, um, you know, as well as having a, like in the middle of a pandemic, and then you did you get chemo? You got chemo? Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> I wasn't really sure whether to or not, but um, I uh, I also have colitis. Um, which I've had for an ex quite an extended period of time and will have. Um, and because of the type of drugs I was on for that, um, I would maybe, have, if I had to get chemo further down the line, I would have had to come off those drugs for an extended period. So that could have created complications there. Um, so the type of chemo that they said I could take, it was one dose. Um, I wouldn't have to come off the medication I was on. I think it made the chances of returning 3%, I was just like, look, let's, let's go for that. Not, not taking chemotherapy lightly in any way. Um, it was not a great experience, but I, I'm glad I made that decision um, and for that so that there wasn't an impact um, elsewhere. Yeah. It's interesting as well, because obviously, you know, with what we're trying to do with this podcast and we talk to guys, you know, everybody's got their unique yeah. experience and I think that's what helps, you know, like, especially the kind of conversation around just totally. like cancer anyway but to, to kind of have that is another thing like I wasn't aware that you know you couldn't get you know chemo on certain medications yeah. and you'd have to so um, to be off that and make the decision they did obviously that was it worked out amazingly for you um, so how how were the kids with you like during that you, you know obviously the weakest one was probably yeah, two yeah I mean she was too wee to really to know and I wasn't really away for for that long um, you know you're, I wasn't away for a day really you mm -hmm. know in your back and you know I was in bed for a little bit but nothing major you know you really want to get going mm -hmm. you're fairly ginger because you know things have changed you know you know you're fairly gingerly walking around and stuff and I did have my work were great I had an extended period off where 
um, you know, that was just concentrating on the admin side of things. And, you know, the guys I work with were, were, were phenomenal and they just picked up all the slack and kept going. So I had a really relaxed environment in terms of that side of stuff. So that, that kind of uh, made it really easy for us. Um, you know, I, I think Archie was just getting back to school. So he ended up being away for a lot of it, the, the first part of it and the build up to the operation. My wife is a teacher, so she was off. So we kind of had that network around right, uh, okay. quite a fair bit as, as well, which, you know, which which did really make it, e uh, you know, pretty easy in that sense. I was really lucky. Yeah. And how was your wife through all that? You know, obviously very oh, supportive. Yeah, but, yeah, so supportive, like just an yeah. absolute rock through it all, to be honest. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, she has been, been been with everything and yeah, just uh, just very positive and a real positive outlook on, on on everything and and trying to stay in that positive mindset that I had with it all um and and you know um just looking after the family and making sure things were right and and going and 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 that I all I had to do was concentrate on, on recovering mm -hmm. um, and make that as easy as possible although I, you know you, you don't want to miss too much so I was in, involved pretty quickly again in, in day-to-day -day life so but no she was she's an absolute rock with it all so for sure yeah and then Back to coaching, work, and all that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it took it took a took a while to get back into it because COVID was still floating around, and so I had to wait an extended period. I think I ended up getting chemotherapy in October, so there's a bit of a bit of a time gap um, between surgery, recovery, make sure everything had healed and all went well, to then making that decision to to have chemotherapy. Um, so then once I had had that, it was almost like another month of just being really careful, um, you know, kind of doing outdoor stuff, not really being inside in big groups, that whole lot, just trying to alleviate that risk of catching COVID, the cold, anything really, mm -hmm. because, you're, you know, you're suppressed. So, um, and, and just so kind of around about that November time, I, I started to get back into things fully and, and really get going with it. Um, you know, again, like, you know, coaching, um, I coach in Brackies and in, in, in the Premiership in, in rugby, and you know the team of coaches that we had there were great. They just really backfilled the time and kept things going. And I just worked in the background and, and came along to the outdoor stuff as and when I saw fit, and kind of kept as much of that going as possible, and just made sure I removed myself away from any indoor stuff that we were doing. So, and having like you said, like having the beach close to you, as yeah, well, that, yeah, that must have been uh, quite an advantage. Like, to yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, yeah, I mean, it's great yeah. where we live, and 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 that ability to just go out and you know have a walk, get active as quickly as I possibly could. Really, yeah. um, that was probably the thing that. I was worried about the most was when could I start running again? Um, what would I be like sitting on my bike again? Mm. Turns out a lot comfier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and actually, you know, and then swimming, I was like, right, well, there's no pressure on that at all. So I think, and, and my wife had, had been a swimmer, so I was like, right, well, I'm going to go and give that a shot to begin with because I wanted to to get going again, be active, get moving, you know. Um, yeah, so so that was probably the thing that brought that normality back into to life probably even more so. So, I, yeah, I wanted to try and get as active as possible. But I was really nervous about the cycling and the running part, which is something I'd, I'd been doing a lot of anyway, yeah, in, in my sort of my own time, so. And it's, it's funny because you do feel like, especially like a, a, the incision uh -huh. place that scar tissue yeah. I, I think after the, those first like, I know I don't look like it now but you know I was still trying to keep as fit as I could uh -huh. uh, during that, that kind of time and um, 
it was the the weird pain. Yeah, the, yeah it wasn't quite like it's almost nervous, yeah. wasn't it? There's always something there that kind of puts your mind to it. Yeah, yeah. You can, oh yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I think actually we joined the gym, and uh, my, I must have still been kind of at the kind of tail end of chemo. Uh-huh. So the gym that I was going to, you scanned in, but like it had like a, a TV screen on like for the security. Uh-huh. So your picture came up. Right. So mine was just me bald with uh-huh. no hair. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. how quickly after like kind of uh-huh. chemo, uh, I tried to kind of get back to wow, fitness. Brilliant. And um, but I, I do remember like going into. I don't know if it was like a, a kind of body pump uh-huh. or like a body combat. I think it may have been a body combat, which is essentially just a hit program where you're doing um, kind of punching and kicking. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh-huh. And the woman at the start uh, said like, you know, just to, you know, get warmed up. And if there's any injuries that I need to know about, uh, let me know. Yeah. I... Didn't even give didn't, it a thought. Didn't even so think, I was like, like no, oh, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and then halfway during the class, we done something that was a core workout. Uh-huh. So you can imagine. So I done yeah. this. I mean, oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I've got a, a ten inch incision. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Totally. <laughs> uh, and I had to kind of, and I felt a bit sick, so I had to excuse myself. Uh-huh. And then she came up. She went, "Are you all right?" I was like, "Actually, I only had like surgery maybe like five or six months ago." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she yeah, was yeah. like, "You should have told me." I was like, "I just forgot." Uh-huh. <laughs> and my uh-huh. wife never lets me live that down. It's like, you, I can't believe you forgot to mention. <laughs> Which is amazing, though, right? Because yeah. you just want to get on and crack get going on. and crack on. Yeah. Totally, and I think that's a similar mindset for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's that feeling of like. I want to get back to normality as, totally. as quick as anything. I think for me, I went back to work maybe a bit too early, uh-huh. um, but um, and, and again, not as quickly as some people. Some people, you know, were back to work, you know, sometimes after their surgery or even during their chemo. Uh-huh. I, I kind of luckily enough to work for the NHS where I had that extended period yeah. of time off. So I was really lucky um, to have that. Um, but I think, you know, maybe those few months, because at the time that I went back to work, I had that kind of, oh, yeah, I've had cancer thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know if I don't know if you had anything similar. I, I spoke about this previously where, you know, going through it was fine. You know, you, ha- you have the, the, oh, but then you have that, like, let's knuckle down, you know, head down, arse up. Totally. Let's get through it. Uh, and then you come out of the end of it, just want to get back to uh-huh. normal. And then suddenly there was this, like, crash of... Oh yeah, I've had that. Uh, did you experience anything like that, or um, probably more so in and around? You know, I've I've had this. Um, right, what can I do now to make sure or try and you know make sure that people are you know aware of it more? Um, and that's probably something I, I've not. I don't feel I've done enough of yet, um, for sure. Um, but. Yeah, probably more so that, yeah, how can I make, you know, men more aware of the fact that I think the number one thing is having had colitis, you know, it's a fairly invasive, you know, it's all geared around your backside, really, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And, yeah, and everything. And um, and then having had testicular cancer, it's like, well, yeah, just go and see somebody. Mm-hmm. Even if you think, like, it's, you know, you're unsure and it might be nothing. Just go and see somebody. The worst thing you can do is actually because, geez, like, they're two of the most embarrassing areas and you just got to get on with it and you just got to do it. And I think that's probably like the biggest thing that I was like, and I've kind of said in the village a few times to the group of dads that, you know, we all we do a lot of things with and stuff. Is that like, mate, just go and see people. Um, go and speak to somebody about it. Don't 
don't sit there wondering could it be this could it be that whatever just just get it, get it checked out i think that's probably where i was with it have i looked back and gone oh i think i've probably looked back and gone yep i've had i've had cancer but do you know what like it, it it's probably sound weird but it's probably made me a better person so yeah like yeah, I've had it. That's it. Let, like, let's let's crack on. If that makes sense. Oh, it definitely yeah. does. I, 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 it's funny. I was thinking about the that what you've said this morning. I think I have became a little bit of a better person uh-huh. since I think your outlook and life changes. Yeah, I think totally, you, totally. You do have this kind of different sense of a different sense of loving the people around you. Uh-huh, is what uh-huh, I felt as well. Sure, you know, and sure. and I had that that same thing of you know when. You know, I want to make sure that, you know, more people know about this. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Um, you know, I was I was lucky to have the opportunity to, to you know, years after it, yeah. join CONUS as a, uh-huh. as, a, as a member of staff. Um, so, yeah, no, I completely get that. It's, uh-huh. it's, it, is, it does have a fundamental change in you. You know, and like you say, you can either, it can either, it can either make it deep and dark or uh-huh. you just get on with life and, yeah. and see the positive. Totally. Yeah, it? I think so, yeah, yeah. So with um, like you being a, a kind of rugby coach uh-huh. uh, and talking about that stigma and embarrassment around like these types of kind of personal areas, uh-huh. like your 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 balls, like you, you know, like is is that something that you still find exists even within rugby now? I always feel that rugby players are a wee bit more kind of yeah. easy, but <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. I mean, I think when I found out, it was going to be fairly obvious that I was going to be away for an extended period of time, so. There was no point in trying to manufacture something that that wasn't real. So it was like, this is what I have, um, and you know, I, I had some really close guys that are in the team, or you know, are in the coaching group that 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 and, and that I work with that, that were able to spread that word. So it wasn't me, yeah, um, because it probably wasn't something I would have been able to do emotionally at that time because you're you're still dealing it with it yourself. Um, but no, I've been really open about it from word go, and you know, I, I, I think even at times, you know, we, we prang the old joke about it. You know, whether yeah, yeah, you know, we're always chucking a rugby ball about or chucking something about, and yeah, yeah there's always an opportunity for a pun in there at some point. <laughs> so I think you've got to be a bit of dark humoured about it uh, as well, and a bit light hearted, and you know, I I'm a pretty open character, so I like to think that if any of the guys want to come and speak to me about anything, then. Then for sure, like I, I would, I'd be completely open and honest about it. Yeah. So as well as that, you know, like this, you, you're involved in the kind of educational side of things as well. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what is it? What is it you do in that regard then? Uh, so we like it's through our job, like with a group of us, we work um, probably similar to to Aaron at Falkirk. We work with a, a group of schools in, in North Edinburgh, and, and that runs from a host of different, to just getting kids out active doing rugby, uh, playing rugby, to to trying to broaden their horizons on what rugby can offer, whether that's coaching or, or, or various other things. Like what what life skills can they get out of it more than just, just playing on the rugby field? Um, so that's kind of where we go with things. So yeah, I'm pretty open uh, when, when we're working in, in, in our schools and stuff, secondary schools, you know, around about the fact that, you know, oh, why were you off? Well, this is the reason why I was off. But, but you know, because the kids are aware that you've not been there for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that's something that I would really like to work with those schools and just make sure that message is, you know, whether it's through through pamphlets or whatever, or whether it's through, you know, actually 
somebody from you guys or whatever speaking uh, to them to just to make sure that that message is is there to to that male cohort of of of, of groups. So yeah, like just just being really open about it to as many people as I possibly can, to be honest. Yeah. Um, whether that's through work, life, um, open to talk about it to friends, anything really. Coming on podcasts. Ah, well, yeah, <laughs> look, for sure. And, you know, yeah, it's just, I think, like, you know, the more open we can be about it um, to as many people as we possibly can, you hope that that then rubs off on them to, you know, if there's something wrong, go and get checked or, or just be open about other stuff, you know, for sure. Because it's, it's probably the thing that you've probably noticed as well, like uh, growing up, because we are the same age. Yeah. So like, you know, when I was at school, you don't get talked to about this stuff, no. you know, you really don't. You know, we speak about this frequently, the, the kind of educational part of testicular cancer, because the numbers aren't quite as high as other cancers, it seems huh. to be overlooked. Yeah. Uh, is that something you kind of find as well, like when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was something we really covered at all when I was growing up in school or, or anything really, you know, it was, I suppose it was just your, your basic stuff that, that was there. It was never really, I mean, my, my father uh, had leukaemia growing up, um, right. which, he, which he survived. So um, I had experienced that um, in, in my own life. Um, and I think we all have had some day that's been, you know, unfortunately has had it or had some sort of, you know, illness in, in, in their own life. Um, but that's probably how you became aware of it growing up. Yeah. More so than through, you know, the great work that Cojones do or, or other other charities do around about, you know, any type of illness, really. Mm. Um, I think that was probably more so when, when, when we were growing up, whereas now there is that openness to, you know, have people in to, to various different venues and talk about it and and just be really open about what we should be looking for, you know, or what you should be looking for and that it's okay to go and talk to and find out what's going on. So, yeah. I think like, through my experience of kind of going out and doing the talks at some uh, high schools uh -huh. uh, in the last year, kids are really open yeah. and receptive to the idea, uh -huh. you know. Totally. Yeah, like you had talked about, you know, before, you know, you do get the occasional fainter. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> They're really open to it, and like you think that, that it's going to be this wild, you know, almost um, chaotic, you know, uh -huh. laughter when you talk about things. But actually, they're great, and see some of the questions that you get off these uh, young people. It's really, really insightful, um, and I think I think it seems to be that maybe that's the worry that you're talking about. You know the word cancer, uh -huh. and I think you find that maybe people are, or teachers or anybody within the kind of academic setting are maybe worried that these young yeah. people can't handle this. But uh -huh. like you say, we're all touched by something totally. negative yeah. at some point, you know. And to have that ability to to know your own body and check yourself properly yeah. and things like that, for, especially for young men growing up, it it. Sh it should take away the stigma yeah. of that. Yeah, and, and look, and, and, and in all of those factors, like catching anything as early as you can, you know, the logic is there. Mm -hmm. You've got a far greater chance of getting through it. So you know, I think that's a message as well, you know, like for, for, for any individual that is maybe unsure about um, whether they should talk about it, whether they shouldn't, well, it's like, well, if you don't talk about it and nobody talks about it and somebody does have something, then maybe we're stopping them catching it earlier than they, they might. Yeah. So see, um, obviously you've been a, a, an avid supporter uh -huh. at Cojones uh, and you've done a massive big challenge. Uh -huh. uh, how did you how did you come across Cojones uh, first? 
Uh, it was really actually during probably I say I didn't Google. It was probably the only thing I searched for was just to get a bit of like an idea of before I went into like you know am I checking myself properly? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just you know put in you know testicular cancer cojones came up, um, and there's some really good infographic stuff on online that 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 gave me a really good look at. Previous to that, you know. I wouldn't really have known. And I just wanted to almost reaffirm myself that I was checking properly and I wasn't not making it up, but, you know, you know, okay, I'll be fine. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and reassure myself that I'm doing the right thing um, here. Um, and then after that, it was just checking back online and having a look and looking at some of the testimonials and the various different stuff there. Some of the other stories, uh, it was good to hear, intrigued about other people and their stories. Um you know, came to meet you guys, met Todd, you know, you get those stories from other people, yourself, um, and what they went through, and there's similarities, there's differences, but there's similarities, and you can then talk about it, um, which I think was really important. Uh, and, and those sort of things were probably things in the background that really helped me um, get through that that period of time, mm. um, which then led to me thinking, well, how do I get active again? Because I really enjoy it, I think, Physically and mentally, it's good for good for me, good for you know, anybody. But I find it's really good for me. Um, well, what better way than to have a challenge or set yourself a challenge? And then that means you have to go and do something um, and, and and get yourself back into that space. So yeah, that's kind of yeah where, where I ran with it. Yeah, ran yeah <laughs> various bits. So, but it's uh, and it's amazing that you you kind of you reached out and obviously Richie picked up that that kind of that message and um, you obviously done like quite a big physical challenge to help raise not just awareness but uh-huh. you help raise some uh, funds for Cohonas to kind of keep going out there and do that. Can you just explain to people what it is? Yeah, you so, to do? so like we talked about earlier, you know, I, I was unsure what it'd be like running. <laughs> Uh, I was unsure what it'd be like on the bike, um, on 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 the road bike or the mountain bike again, but what I did know was that um, I could go to a pool and I could go and swim, and when I talk, I could go and swim. I'm like I could do a hundred meters and I'd have to stop for three four minutes because I'd be absolutely <laughs> broken <laughs> because it's just so different. Um, you know, I take my hat off to anybody that can just be in there for an extended period. So. You know, then I, I just gradually was like, I, I'm actually quite enjoying this. So I started swimming a bit more a couple of times a week and built myself up, um, you know, and got myself up to like 750 metres, 1,000 metres, which I thought was really good. Then the dose of reality from my wife was like, yeah, that's, I could do that in half the time. It's, it's pretty easy. I was like, right, okay, <laughs> don't rub it in too much. And then I got back running again. And that, I suppose the swimming element built my confidence, got back running again. Um, and, and and again felt pretty good and probably the most nervous one was getting on the bike um, but yeah it was it was actually quite comfy <laughs> <laughs> so um, it made life a bit easier if I'm honest so um, yeah more, and, and more then, yeah totally yeah I could get myself <laughs> lower and yeah don't want to come out of my seat quite as much but um, so then I, I started thinking oh, what could I do because I was coming to the year uh, hitting to the August time and I was thinking what could I do and I started looking back and it was roughly 20 days from I suppose when I left the doctor's surgery to when I was originally told to when I had um, my testicle removed which I was blown away by if I'm honest I think you know it's amazing that in, in, in less well, in 20 days you can be 
you know, and the tumour can be can be gone. Yeah. Um, uh, and I thought that was great. So I was like, right, well, what could I do for? And then I just came up with it. I was like, oh, you know, swimming's been good. And I just thought, well, a triathlon's got all three of those elements to to it. I don't think I'd be able to do a triathlon a day for 20 days. But then I started looking at all the different, um, uh, all the different, you know, elements. So in terms of like, there's the, the Olympic, the sprint, you know, uh, a full triathlon. And then obviously you've got the, the ridiculous ones that all these lunatics are doing. <laughs> um, but um, and I thought, oh, I could, I think I could do a sprint triathlon a day. For twenty, well, I originally thought I think I could do an element of a triathlon a day for twenty days. I could do so sprint triathlons, seven hundred fifty meter swim, a twenty k cycle, and a five k run. So I thought, well, I could do a swim one day, a cycle the next day, and a run the next day. And then I thought, oh, no, actually, I I think I could do a sprint triathlon a day for twenty days. Right, that's what I'm going to do. And I just put my mind to it, and it gave me a, like I said earlier, it gave me a real focus. Um, and my wife was really supportive of me doing it. Yeah, I think that would be really good. Like, it'd be a really good challenge, raise awareness. Um, and actually, you look at life and life being busy. Not that I'm downplaying it, but really, it was it was about two hours out of every day. So you either get up early or you keep doing it late at night. Um, I think m about half of them I did properly. So like. Um, as in started with this, or, or I ran to the pool, which was 5k from my house. I was really lucky. Right, okay, It just turned yeah. out it was 5k <laughs> from my house. I would swim and then I'd get picked up and I'd go out my bike or I would cycle to the pool, boom, boom. And I tried to try to do as many as I could um, properly. So, you know, they were all in a line. Um, but some days I would... I would do this swimming or run in the morning and the cycle at night or swimming or run and actually the cycle to my work was roughly 20k right. so I could do that so I tried to just get it into my everyday life as much as I possibly could so it wasn't something that was because I was really aware that once you put something like that out you've got to complete it um, but I loved it yeah. it was amazing and it gave me a real sense of you know a challenge and you know that yeah I can get back to because you're unsure you know I can get back to really enjoying going for a run you know doing all the things I was doing previously to to you know to, to having cancer for sure um yeah and there's you know, some interesting some interesting some ones that you know because the start of it when I first started my wife was still on holiday uh, there were no rugby games on a Saturday so it was really easy as I got halfway through it my wife went back to school, so work schools had started. Um, Pre-season games had started. I think one of them, um, I, I got up and I swam up Port Portobello Pool in the morning. Not not the sea, the pool. <laughs> I was not going in the sea. Uh, in the pool in the morning at like opening time at seven a.m. I drove up to Inverness because we we'd play Highland in pre-season game on a Saturday. Um, I then went for, after the game I went for a run with, with one of my coaches R Roscoe um, along the canal and it was like 20 degrees in Inverness it was amazing it was great mm -hmm. and then I was driving back down the road and I was thinking I'm going to get home at half nine I was like oh, I've not done my cycle today <laughs> so I was out at half nine doing the wow. cycle but it was amazing and, and it just gave me a real sense of yeah and just um, I think I had two wet days mm. so really lucky 
had real good weather, so that made it. So getting up early to go and uh, you know complete it. Well, sun shining, lovely day. You know, you're at the you know you're you're at the coast. Um, really tactical in terms of most of my cycling was done at sea level, <laughs> so you yeah. know it didn't go into the hills much. Uh, my brother came to complete uh, one with me on the Saturday. Uh, um, which was great. I had another friend in the village, Ross, who came and completed, completed one with me the following weekend. So there was elements there that, you know, people were keen to get involved as well. My wife came uh, and did a swimming leg with me, although she was waiting for quite a while for me to finish. <laughs> um, and then on, on that day as well, like my son uh, did the last 5k of the cycle, did the last 1k of the run to the pool, and they were both in the pool at the same time. So yeah, like I tried to just involve as much as possible whilst making sure I was pushing that message out of Cajonas, the help they'd given me during it, the awareness that they're that you guys are pushing out there um, and just try and sort of raise some money towards something that really helped me. And uh, as, a, as a charity, we're eternally grateful for that yeah. as well. And But what a challenge, like that's monumental to be fair. Like... Uh, to even contemplate that, you know, most folk will be like, oh, I don't even want to do the run. Or, you yeah, know, yeah. How, so just like on a day-to-day, -day, obviously you had people coming and joining you. That must have helped break that uh -huh. monotony up. But was there any days like like that day you're saying about you're coming back, you're like, oh, I've not done my cycle yet? Uh, no, nah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think it was just the fact that I, I, was, I needed to complete it. I made sure every day was logged on Strava. Right. And I posted every day. Uh, or I posted, I didn't want to post all the time, but I posted every quarter, so every five days, um, all my, my stuff. And um, so, like, there was always evidence there that I wasn't just, oh, I've done my cycle, I've done this. I, I, I wanted to make sure that I, I had a trail of me completing it all. Mm -hmm. No, nah, like, I, I was fine. I think one of the hardest days was the morning and it was going to be a wet day. Mm -hmm. And I knew I'm just going to have to get out here and cycle. And I actually put my goggles on. My swimming goggles oh, on really? to cycle. Because I was like, oh, I'll be a bit of a hoot, I'll be a crack if anybody sees me, whatever. And I put a picture up um, with the, with the Strava thing to say I went one out there today and I was on my bike and I had my goggles on. I think it took about six hours for somebody to realise that, wait just now, he's wearing his swimming goggles. <laughs> so I tried to make it as, yeah, try and sort of lighthearted as I possibly could in yeah. terms of, yeah, getting myself through it. But I don't think, I, I, I just really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, uh, I was glad when it was finished, but more so, um, more so because it was it was becoming busy work trying to fit it in. Uh, not because I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I, you know, it wasn't like I was setting five k records, mm -hmm. you know, or, or 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 cycling whatever this or that. It was it was just get through it. Yeah, um, and, and and I began to just really enjoy enjoy doing it. Whether that's right or wrong, I'm not sure, but. It, and I think for me at that time, whilst it, it was great to be doing something for you guys, it was also something for me um, to, to sort of reaffirm that, you know, like we said earlier, you can get back to being as fit as you were before, before yeah. you had cancer. And I think that was really important mentally for me, for sure. Yeah. I, I didn't, not a similar thing, but I'd done, um, I done 5K a day uh -huh. um, to kind of, well, it was my first challenge when I came back to kind uh -huh. of fitness uh, to raise money for Cojones because I wasn't working for them at the time um, and I'd done 5k a day um, and, but I'd done it on a, in November so it was wet and wild yeah, yeah. Um, cold but uh, 
I'd kind of, and I stupidly chose to do it in a period of time where I was night shift a lot. <laughs> so, but I'd got to the point where like, I, I knew I'd got my break in my work, so I'd go out. Uh-huh. Uh, and luckily the hospital that I worked at in Fofali, it was a kilometre dead on. Oh, really? Like, yeah, from so start just, to finish. Yeah. So, you know, when I'd done my hospital runs, it was quite good because I was just, I was yeah. running a circle on relatively flat ground. Uh-huh. Um, but there was one night the heavens opened uh-huh. and uh, my colleagues were really, really sweet to me because when I went in, they just had a whole bunch of tiles waiting on me. Uh-huh. And like, right, go get a shower, go get changed. You're uh-huh. fine kind of thing. Eh? But it was having, you know, I always think having that um, ability to, you know, um, to do that, but to, to have something you're raising money for. And I'd done the same. I logged it on, I think I was using Nike the first, uh-huh. the Nike app the first time and to log it and to post it so yeah. that people, and because people were obviously donating money and because it wasn't a an official fundraiser, it was just uh-huh. my own thing. Yeah. Um, but I always felt like I couldn't let anybody down. Yeah, totally. You know, because totally, like, like sure. folk are putting their money, uh-huh. uh, especially at this time, you know, yeah. hard earned money, they're whapping it and they're giving it to you to help raise awareness for something that, Really, you know, at the time had only affected somebody they knew or, you know, uh-huh, it wasn't uh-huh. anything. So, uh, yeah, it was, doing these wee things is great. Yeah, and, and then as that, you know, I think I put in something like £500 at the start and uh, somebody just was real lucky. Somebody donated that off the bat, the full amount, and they're right. like, come on now. Basically, like, you know, this is good dish. You need to be doing something more. Um, so then I, I, gra- I didn't, I gradually kind of, but then as, as, as that total creeps up, I think you, you feel that element of well, pride that people are supporting you, but also there's like, right, I've got to make sure I, I complete this and I do this and I do this properly and to the best of my ability because people are, like you say, you know, they're putting their, put, putting their own hard-earned cash into it. Um, and, and then I think like you see how many people are actually maybe affected by you know, that story mm-hmm. um, and your story, um, which again is quite heartwarming that there's so many people out there that are willing to, you know, to from as far afield as, you know, Australia to to Scotland to, you know, Canada to wherever, that there's people seeing it because you're posting it. Yeah. Uh, because you're doing all these things. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. And again, I think that gives you a bit of a boost um, that, that that you're doing the right thing and you're going to get through it, you know, even on those wet days and whatever. Um, if there's ever that period where where, where you're maybe not enjoying it, um, not sure it would have been the same if it was December or January yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely picked the right time of year. <laughs> Certainly did. Um, but yeah, it was it was brilliant. Loved it. I, th- I think for me as well, I had this thing on the Nike app. So where if you're posting that you started your run, uh-huh. you. Um, if see if somebody like gave you a notification on your run, uh-huh. you'd hear a oh nice, brilliant. So it was really lovely when I was out on those live runs, yeah. and then my music was cut off for somebody. So it means that somebody liked or, yeah, or shared yeah. something. So it it kind of it spurred you on. It made your legs feel uh-huh. a little bit lighter. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, totally, totally, totally. It, and especially you know I wasn't I I, I was never a runner uh-huh. you know so to be doing five k every day at that point I done another one where I done ten k every day uh-huh. Oof, uh, that that was a tough. that was a tough one um, but again I had um, 
colleagues uh, who I worked with in intensive care uh, when I'd worked there they were really supportive even you know had one of my colleagues uh, came out running with me one uh, night uh, just to kind of do a few of the kilometres uh -huh. with me um, so it's amazing the support that you can yeah. garner um, and I assume, I assume the club were right behind you yeah no they there. were great they really pushed it out um, I think on the last day the last leg of it I'd done the swim and the run the swim and the cycle in the morning uh, and and um, uh, I decided with Roscoe, uh, who I coach with and work with, and and, and Chris, um, oh, I was going to do the run after our our last preseason game or the preseason game, and it turned out they were like, my wife had actually messaged um, them and three or four other people, um, and I ended up I got so my plan run round Arthur's seat, you know, make it a hard one to finish, um, yep. get it done. And there was about, I think there were seven or eight of us ended up running around Arthur's seat together. And it was just, yeah, it was awesome. The sun was shining. It was great to have mates with you, yeah. uh, finishing it off. And then at the end, um, my uh, son and daughter, my, my niece and nephew, so my brother's kids, they had a banner for us to run through um, with, with it all on there. And it was, yeah, it was, it was quite an emotional time, you know, but it was amazing to have completed that. But then to have all those folk, like, you know, wanting to run that last little bit with you it was was pretty cool as well and you know then into the local pub for a for a pint and a burger, Williams so pint. I, yeah. I know I know yeah. for sure oh good so looking you know into the future um what's your have you got any kind of plans um in terms of kind of you know spreading awareness yeah know, look like, I, you know. I think it's probably something we talked about earlier and we touched on you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm really keen to to spread spread as much awareness as I possibly can, um, particularly around cojones. Um, and, you know, I, I probably need to be a bit more proactive in that and trying to link up with you guys and see where I can help with that through my network um, and, and just keep doing stuff there. Um, I think personally I do need to do another challenge, whether that's raising money or whether that's just doing another challenge. Um, then, yeah, um, we'll have a think about something for sure. Um, but... Yeah, no, look, definitely, like, I think to go through something like that <clears throat> and then just to forget about it and not try and spread the word to other people um, about, it's just, you know, I don't want to downplay it again, but, you know, it's not that bad. Um, you know, you can get through all these things um, and, and just share your experiences. Is 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 It'd be really remiss if, if I wasn't to... I feel if I wasn't to, to be involved in that and be doing that for sure. That's amazing. Um, is there like a, a kind of, um, I'm just trying to think what the question I was trying to ask there, but it's kind of went out of my head. But it's, I suppose it's just, again, um, is there anything you would like to say? That's what it was. Anything you'd like to say to, you know, somebody who's watching this who is maybe at the start of their um, they're just at a cancer journey or do, or, or going through it. Um, is there anything advice-wise that you like to give them or is there anything like that? Um, don't search the web, I <laughs> would say. Good point, it's a good yeah. one. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and that's coming from a guy who, like, if somebody asks me a question and I don't know, I'm like, search, search. I want to find out. Uh, so, so don't. Um, I think, like, to me, trust the professionals that are there. Um, and 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 if 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 you're not sure about what they're telling you, just ask them. Um, you know th th they're great. Um, you know and and probably reach out more to to you guys. Um, 
I looked online. I didn't reach out until after. Having met you guys, um, and, and now on a few occasions stuff, I wish I'd, wish I'd maybe reached out before as well. Right. Um, I think maybe just that the conversations we've had since, you know, if I'd had maybe a couple of them before, it would have just arrest my mind even more, I mm -hmm. think. Um, that would probably be my biggest one, you know, uh, biggest things in there. Um, you, know, you just, and, and just trust that process in it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's uh, we try to kind of push that as well. We're trying to, you know, we're doing the, the chemo care back uh -huh. packs now, and um, I put in a wee handwritten message, and I just I try Brilliant. to say to you guys, you know, reach out because we're there, and I think you know when Richie's um, seen Todd and I together, then you, me, and Todd uh -huh. together, he's very much aware that there's this little kind of unspoken bond because yeah. we've all been through a similar experience, uh -huh. you know strangers for different walks of life yeah. but well we had so much to talk about and it's trying to build that community so that for sure you know, guys know that it's all right to talk about it to you know we're here as a as a kind of as a network as such yeah no definitely yeah. i was still buy my coffee from todd so oh exactly it's a exactly. great meetup in a great yeah, coffee shop <laughs> perfect meetup um but thank you so much no, for coming on um and you know if there's anybody out there who uh, watches this and and you know kind of engages with you engages with your story um, you know is there any kind of social media you want to put out there or even just for the club and things like that yeah well, just just my, my personal stuff really it's uh, um, at Ian Berti on, on everything so that's Instagram and Twitter so I-A-I-N-B-E-R-T-I uh, don't really spell anything else in there so mm -hmm. um, but yeah or or you know even if they reach out to you guys you know you've got all my stuff so yeah, yeah really happy to speak to anybody at any time yeah. Right. No, thanks very much, Ben. Oh, awesome. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> thanks for the time. Cheers. Thanks, awesome.